Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. Glad to have you riding along today. It's smack dab in the middle of summer now. We're having a nice little rain. We needed it. Things were getting very, very dry. I'm glad when it rains. I kind of like the rain. Maybe that's because I don't melt when I walk out into it. But I do sizzle a little. That's a fact. I do not have any notes or any outline or any idea of what I'm going to speak about today. None whatsoever. I actually have planned it that way. This is episode 182. In 182 episodes, you start to get challenged just a little bit on subjects you want to address. At least I do. Maybe my imagination's not as deep and wide as I thought it was. I do know that I could go back and tell some of the stories I've told a couple, three years ago and tell it from a different angle, and I may do that someday. I could probably tell the same story I told two weeks ago and it'd be a different angle. I know when I listen to an old podcast, a lot of times I remember something just a little differently anyway, but that's okay with me. Hey, do you know you can find our webpage at babyboomertales.com? Yeah, that's where our webpage is. I made that sucker myself. Now, if you're over 25, you're probably thinking, how in the world do you make a webpage? Well, you just do it like you do anything else, one step at a time. I learned a lot on it, but the most challenging thing for me is when something goes wrong with the webpage. That's always the most challenging thing. Making it was not that hard, you know, thanks to Google. Mine is a WordPress website, and it does everything I think I want it to do. It's not as fancy and slick as if I'd spend $10,000 getting it made, but that's okay. I didn't have $10,000 to make it. I'd rather use that $10,000 for something like food, shelter, clothing, good times. Woohoo! You know what I mean? $10,000 can go pretty rapidly. That's a fact. $10,000 is not what $10,000 was back in 1970. If I had $10,000 in 1970, I'd have thought I was rich. And in a way, I was, you know. Gas was still under a dollar a gallon. A loaf of bread was probably a quarter. All that stuff. You see that stuff on social media. You know, 1972, cost of living. And they list out a bunch of things from average home price to a gallon of gas, to a gallon of milk, to a five pounds of sugar, to how much a movie ticket cost, etc., etc. That's not what I want to talk about, though. What do I want to talk about? Let me start with talking about my old home county up there in the north central Colorado mountains. There's a couple mountain formations that are my favorite. I want to talk about them. First one is A. Blinken. It's this formation of mountains that looks like old Honest Abe laying down on the top of the mountains. It takes several mountains, but he's laying there with his hands folded across his chest. And if you look at it at the right angle, you can see his feet. The feet are what is called the Indian Peaks. As I got older, I started calling him the old man in the mountain. But I remember standing in our front yard, my mom holding me by the shoulder pointing up the Continental Divide there and saying, that is Abraham Lincoln, Jimmy. Can you see him? On the very left, that's the top of his forehead. And there's his nose and his lips and his little beard. 
and she described them perfectly, and I could see him immediately. I never had a hard time seeing Abe Lincoln. Now, some people can't see it to save you, and I understand that. There's a range of mountains called Mummy Range, and I had a hard time before I ever could see that mummy, but I did eventually see him. But Abe Lincoln, or the man in the mountain, is an amazing, amazing thing. I have pictures of him on my website, and it is a beautiful, wonderful thing to just look at. The other one that I'm most familiar with, as far as why is that like that, is Devil's Thumb. I've spoken about Devil's Thumb in a video cast we did one time. It's just a rock sticking straight up, and the old legend was that God and the devil had this mighty battle, and God threw the devil down, and he hit the ground with such force. The only thing left of him was that thumb sticking up. The rest of them had gone down into the earth. There's a mountain that used to be very, very right up front and center. My parents' picture windows, and in fact, anywhere in town, the little town I grew up in. And it's called Byers Peak. It kind of was a solitary mountain standing there. It's an easy climb going up it, but it's a wonderful mountain for a view when you're standing in the valley where my town was, standing in the valley. They called them parks back there. Big, big parks. There's North Park north of us up by Wyoming. There's South Park to the south of us. Big, big areas surrounded by mountains. Semi-flat areas. And then there's Middle Park where I was raised. It was a good little town to be raised in. It was 500 people when I was growing up. Everybody knew you, and you knew everybody. If you go into a store, they'd call you by name. If somebody saw you doing something wrong, like busting somebody's window, your mom would know it before you ever got home. So much family that you felt like home wherever you went there. You never heard of anything bad really ever happening. One time, old Charlie shot his son-in-law because the son-in-law was beating up his wife, Charlie's daughter. Charlie was an old man, and that guy must have been quite the bully, quite the dark individual. So Charlie just took a gun and shot him dead. That happened right below the hill from my house. I remember walking down the hill the next day. You could see the bullet holes in the wall outside. Now, I'm not for shooting anybody. I'm really not, but I admired Charlie. He stood up for what was right. Now, you might get mad at me or not, but this guy is probably threatening Charlie's life. I don't remember if Charlie's daughter had children or not, but that guy was probably hurting all of them. So whatever. Peace, love. Rest in peace, Charlie. He was an old man then, and I was a boy. What should I talk about next? We don't want to end this whole thing on Charlie shooting his son-in-law. That's a fact. But you do have to stand up for yourself. You do. One way or the other. I am not promoting violence on this podcast at all. We are the land of the free and the home of the brave. And being free should be being free of all tyranny, period. When you're a little boy or a little girl, did you know an older lady that would always call you honey or sweetie? You weren't related and barely knew her. And yet every time you saw her, she'd say, hi, honey. Oh, sweetie. Well, there was a lady. She worked at the Ford garage. I think she was the main bookkeeper. I'm not sure. Her name was Irma Bird. If you just wandered in there just to goof off or something, she'd stop everything she's doing, look up, smile at you, say sugar plum, 
Can I help you with anything? You could go to her house on Halloween and guaranteed she'd give you the most candy and cookies of anyone in town. She never even scared me like some of those old ladies that wearing too much rouge, kind of breathe on you and approach you way too close. If your mom's there, you'd skedaddle around the back of your mom, use mom as a barrier, you know, protect you from that little old lady. Well, Irma was not like that. I think everybody liked Irma, and Irma definitely liked everybody. We had a guy in town as I was growing up. I was probably about a teenager when he first hit town, and then as I was a young man. You know, every little town has a character. This guy we called Colorado Slim. His name was Harry. Every parade, he'd drive this old Model T car. In fact, he'd drive that car up and down Main Street about 10 miles an hour. In the summertime, you know, traffic could whiz through that town about 40 miles an hour. It was a dangerous place to try to cross the street or anything. There's so much traffic. Here comes Slim, driving right down the middle of Main Street, kind of holding up traffic. If you weren't from there, you'd wonder what in the heck is going on. He'd wave at you, maybe hit that old horn. Ah, ah. You know how those old Model T's sounded? Not like a horn today, not at all. Always wearing a white shirt, some dark gray slacks, Colorado Slim. He is probably the most memorable character from that place I can remember. But all small towns have their share of characters. If you doubt what I say, just watch the Andy Griffith show. They have their share also. What makes it special about having your characters in your town is you know them and they know you. In the city, you just think it's some kind of kook. You have no interaction or relationship with that person at all. But in a little town of 500 people, where everybody knows you and you know everybody, they know you and you know them. And maybe you can partake in part of their being a character, like right along with Slim or whatever. It was a good place to grow up. I wouldn't have had it any other way. I can remember so many people from back then. You know, you go to a funeral in a city, and chances are there will only be a few people. Not always. You go to a funeral in a small town, and the town shows up. Unless you're just one of those guys that no one to show up, including your kids. But the town would show up. They rejoiced when you rejoice, and they sorrowed when you had sorrow. They were invested in your life, and you were invested in their life. You waved at them when you met them on the road, and you spoke with them when you saw them on the street or in a store. I live outside a little town that's about 1,500 people today. We really don't belong to the community too much, but it looks like a wonderful place, and it reminds me somewhat of my old hometown. Not because of the business district, because the business district in my hometown was a much larger business area than a town of 500 would normally have. There's about five or six blocks of stores, both sides of the Main Street, plus businesses off of Main Street. And the whole reason behind that is that was the main business town in the east part of the county. That's all that was. Every little town had its own individual identity, and my town had the business. town north of us had the lake and was a tourist town. A town clear to the east was right next door to the ski area. A town going to the west 
was the county seat and had all the government for the county in it. And then if you kept going west past that town, you'd be in the west part of the county. And there's a town there that had everything they needed for the west part of the county right in that one town, including the hospital and the fair for the whole county. So I guess it's not much different than living in a major metropolitan area, the county I lived in, but the population was a lot more sparse, that's a fact. Instead of having a million people, maybe you have 5,000. Since I'm just rambling on today, I don't have any notes, you know. A lot of times when I put a podcast together, I you know, have notes, I've looked stuff up, so I have a few facts. And I do wing it a lot, but I usually go by my outline. No outline today. No outline for you. No outline for you. But I want an outline. I'm going to do my best to not bring the munchies into this. You know who the munchies are? Are you familiar with them? The little guys with the chipmunk voices? If you missed the one where I described them, they're part Smurf, part Minion, part Cornflake. My wife told me the other day that the munchies are her favorite part of my podcast. (laughs) I thought it'd be the stories about my childhood. Yeah, go figure. Whatever, I'm just glad she listens to them once in a while. I hope you enjoy these podcasts. I do them for many reasons. And probably the most important reason, at least is what I tell myself, is to hand something down to my children's children. So maybe they get to know old Papa a little bit better after he's gone because like it or not through 182 episodes a lot of my life has spilled out there i laid it out before y'all i couldn't have written it i don't have the patience it's hard enough to do a 15 minute podcast every week i've proved it today by not having any notes now i've done this twice before twice well i know one time before the christmas one a couple years ago I had no idea. I I couldn't come up with a Christmas story. I thought I had told them all all the highlights from when I was a kid. So I just started talking and rambling on. Next thing I know, I told a little story about us giving some clothing as a charitable donation at Christmas time and how the whole incident kind of broke my heart. I think I get my heart broken easily. I'm a very sentimental person. I think I care a lot about people, places, and things. I know my daughter, her family had to put their dog down. He had cancer in his stomach. And we had watched him for almost two years while they were building their home. My wife came in after we found out. I had excused myself and went in my office. And she came in a little while later and caught me crying. Maybe that's why I don't like to throw anything away. My wife balances that out, though. She likes to try to get rid of stuff we don't use. But if there's a memory attached to something, I want to keep it. I know my heirs will not be happy with me when that day finally comes when I cross over to the other side. But maybe they'll find a gem of great price in all that junk. Now, I am not a hoarder. I am not a hoarder. I like to have things in order, neat and tidy. And I do get rid of stuff but nothing of sentimental value. I might need that someday. Well, here I am. I'm sure my time's about over. I really didn't talk about much, but maybe I've said what I'm supposed to say. Always be kind. Is there any other way? I'll be back next Wednesday, maybe with notes and an outline and everything. 
peace out.